What's up, podcast listeners? It's the Christmas edition, episode 47 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Mandy and I are Castleberry residents. Of course, you know that by now if you are a return listener. But if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Glad you're here right here in beautiful, sunny Central Florida talking about all things Castleberry for the good of the people of Castleberry and the surrounding community. And we are excited to open with our Christmas rendition. If you can't tell listeners, I'm a little bit giddy, a little bit silly because this is kind of a free-flowing episode today. Andy, producer Robin, you and I, we're ready to roll, aren't we? We are. And of course, Drew, we know it's Christmas and you're giddy because you've just found out that you have just scraped onto the nice list, right? Now, Robin, (laughs) she's been sitting there for months, but you have just made it in. By grace only. Yep. By (laughs) grace only. (laughs) More than anything, Andy, I'm just excited to mark the end of 2020. That in and of itself is reason to celebrate. Don't know what's ahead, but the end of 2020 for us is our little uh, podcast that could. We're celebrating our one year podcast anniversary. How cool is that? It's great. I mean, I think Robin is going to make us a birthday cake. Is that correct, producer Robin? Um, sure. As long as you don't mind it not being baked or how about I just give you an ice cream? Those are the best kind of cakes. Yeah. Those are the best kind of cakes. Yeah, Drew, it's been a year. Maybe we could just start off by talking about the little genesis of our podcast that we sat down and we asked the question, as I think is a pertinent question for all to ask, is what can I do to serve and to try and make a difference and make my corner of the world a little bit better? And as we looked at some of the issues in Castleberry, and there are a few, one of them is communication. And so we said, what can we do to help build some bridges of communication within our city? And thus was launched the podcast. That's right. And what was so interesting is you and I, through just organic relationships and our work and bridges being built over time, we noted that there are lots of individuals, lots of businesses, uh, local governments, the police, schools, you name it. There's all of these great things happening, but we really viewed our role as kind of being that that hub in the wheel to in which to kind of draw in and draw out these different organizations and to see and celebrate what it is that, that they're doing. And so, Andy, over the past year, we've literally had, I think, representatives from kind of all walks of, of life in Castleberry, whether they're business owners or uh, city officials, those who are running for political office, police, pastors, you name it. Uh, we've had them on the program. And so we're, we're just so thankful for our 40 plus, was this episode 47? So yeah, 40 plus uh, interviews. I know for me, I've learned probably more about how the city operates than uh, than I could ever possibly imagine. Andy, what maybe a highlight or two for you in in this past year as we think back to how we've kind of created this organism, this bridge building collaboration? 
Well, I think one of the highlights is the fact that we're kind of still in the game, you know, that we're, we're still doing it. I mean, it sounded like a fun idea, but it's really kind of taken on a life of its own. And I think, Producer Robin, you said the other day that we've had over 3,000 downloads. And that's great because each of us only own one phone. So we know that there's a lot of people other than us listening in. That's been a highlight as well to know that hopefully we're encouraging people, we're communicating with people, we're informing people and we're bringing some hope to people. That's encouraging. But I think for me personally, I love hearing stories and we've heard a lot of stories and a lot of different and diverse stories as well. And I think one of the things that's jumped out to me is that each person we've had, and honestly, some of the guests we've got ahead for next year as we look there, all work together as part of this beautiful tapestry that is our community. I'm so grateful for hearing some great stories, being able to tell some good stories and sharing good stories with our community. You're right. And frankly, they're much more interesting in their stories than you and I. So that, that helps uh, <laughs> helps bring some light, shed some light on all the cool stuff here. I, th- in, I think yeah. if this podcast was called The Interesting Life of Drew and Andy, it would have been over at episode <laughs> one and a half. Yeah, I think you're right. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, a couple other quick things to highlight before we move on to the Castleberry in the News segment. One of the highlights, for me uh, is our producer, Robin, who has gained more and more of a voice. Yes, thunderous applause, uh, producer Robin. You you have really added such value, not only in terms of organization and cleaning us up a little bit. In fact, even this episode, folks, we're hopeful that the audio quality will be even just a little bit better as Robin's made some notes, but also your your insight and uh, your, your creativity, what you bring to the table. We could not have done this without you. So thank you. Thank you. Do you have a highlight, Robin, or something interesting, fun from your podcast year of experience? Yeah, I'm actually very thankful for both of you. I know I joke that I can't say no to pastors asking doing something, but I've actually never edited a podcast before and I didn't know even where to begin. So I'm grateful for the new skill that I actually really enjoy doing. And let me make that skill plural because you'd also never designed a website before and That's you have true. put us on the interwebs at www.whatsupcastleberry.com in a fantastic way so thank you for that you know drew sometimes does it feel like you and i are just in the way of robin's podcast i think her, so her brilliance. We're, we're pawns in in a much bigger <laughs> plan and story out there that's right robin graciously <laughs> allows us to to be a to be a part <laughs> Well, we've been giving each other compliments uh, this entire episode. Our listeners, no doubt, can hear just the the thankfulness in our in our tone, uh, and we want to express just in terms of our news segment uh, something that we are very thankful for. We have such a giving community here in Castleberry, and I know there are several listening who have been a part of that process. Thank you if you have given uh, of your time, your talent, or your treasure to help others in our community. But we, uh, Andy, you and I ran into each other actually at the local Target uh, through different means of collecting items to to give away. The Castleberry Police Department, Christian Help Event, Castleberry Elementary, Elks Club, many other organizations, businesses, you name it, are giving out toys and blessing those in our community for Christmas. Would you speak for a moment just about that and why that's so significant and important? 
Yeah, I think one of the strengths of a healthy community is its generosity quotient, right? The temptation for all of us is to be selfish with what we have and what we've got. But one of the things that's so beautiful about this Christmas season is that it pulls generosity out of us. And I've been involved in the Christian Help giveaway. We'll hear more about that on the next episode with a special guest. I've also been involved in the police department giveaway too. And I have found this year it to be true. Some very simple words that Jesus said when he said, it is better to give than to receive. And so for me, the the joy of this holiday is getting involved in the giving. And, you know, again, I I think sometimes through the position that we're in, (laughs) we're just kind of middlemen helping those transactions along. Mm -hmm. So, So we certainly can't take all of the credit at all for that, but we do get a unique perspective on seeing that principle come true and the joy of giving manifest itself in people's lives. I was just at the Christian Help event this morning and got to sit with some of the families who are recipients of the gifts they're going to be given and to hear their stories of loss and furlough. And there was one lady whose house had burnt down and she had nothing. And to be able to say, hey, here's some here's some gifts that we want to help you with this season. But more than that, here's some hope in humanity that even though you're struggling, we want to help you get on your feet because we love you. And it's not just a generosity with toys and with stuff. It's a generosity of spirit that I think makes Christmas so wonderful. Yeah, that's well said. And highlight of giving, obviously, is during Christmas. We make note it's it's a time of giving gifts and blessing others. But this is going around all year long. I, I think back earlier in the in the summer and the fall when our local Walmart Castleberry in Castle uh, was very generous in giving items to to children from school supplies to to shoes to other kind of daily items. And so, yeah, it it really does bring I know you and I great joy and producer Robin is well to sort of be those those middlemen, those connectors from the organizations and, and individuals who desire to, to give, to then be able to plug in to those uh, in need. So on, just really on behalf of all who have given something, uh, thank you. No matter what the size of the gift, it is significant. A principle that I'm learning is that when we're selfish, no one wins right? There's a lot of people who uh, we could help. They won't win if we're selfish. And the reality is if I'm selfish living uh, self-consumed life, then I don't win either, right? So nobody wins when we're selfish, but everybody wins when we're generous, right? Those we're helping, those we're watching, we win when we're generous. And the ripple effects just go on and on and on. When we're selfish, no one wins. When we're generous, everyone wins. Very, very true. And uh, speaking of those who give back so much, uh, we will love on this podcast to celebrate uh, our what we call community member of the month. We've celebrated Kim Young, a teacher at Castleberry Elementary in November. And then recently in December, we celebrated the former mayor of Castleberry, Charlene Glancy, who took home our December community member of the month award. Listeners, we need to hear from 
from you. We love to get feedback on who you believe, who you would like to nominate as our next member of the month. We're turning over a, a new calendar year and, uh, and a new month in January 2021. What a great time to highlight and celebrate someone who is serving, leading, and inspiring those in this great city of Castleberry. Would you let us know who you would like to nominate through our Facebook page, Instagram feed with the name What's Up Castleberry. You can also direct message us here if you subscribe to the podcast or leave a, a comment in our website, whatsupcastleberry.com. You can comment and leave us kind of an email uh, description of who you think is the community member of the month. Andy, what, do you, what are you looking for in a, our next member of the month? Well, I think as we've spoken about, generosity is one of those key traits that makes a great community member of the month. And again, that's not generous just with resources. Uh, it's actually generous with time and with heart and with care and some of those intangible things. So if you know someone who's generous, if you know someone who's building bridges, if you know someone who's making a community stronger and reflecting the aspirational goals that we have for one another, then let us know who they are and we would love to honor them and celebrate them and uh, celebrate those values by which they live. We'll be back after this short break with more conversation. Let's hear a word from today's sponsor, Deborah Morris Home Team, Keller Williams Advantage Realty. We are so thankful for her sponsorship. She, along with her husband, Chuck, serve in Castleberry and the surrounding areas of Central Florida, helping sellers and buyers by making their housing dreams a reality. You can get in touch with Deborah and her team by going to her website. It's www.debra, that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Morris Home Team dot kw.com Welcome back, listeners. In lieu of a guest today, Drew and I and Robin thought it would be fun to talk about the holiday season and to uh, share with you and hear from you and maybe uh, rekindle some thoughts in you about what makes Christmas so special. You're listening to this just a couple of days before Christmas and everyone's in the festive mood and we certainly are, so we just want to add a little bit more to that. Now, normally when we have guests, we would start with some icebreaker questions. And we're going to do that again today, but we're going to do a little round robin with all of us and <laughs> producer <With> robin. robin. <laughs> so let's start off with producer robin on this round robin. Robin, what's your favorite Christmas song? Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that too. I'm going to have to think of another answer. It's Whoa. just the best secular Christmas song ever. I think we can all agree. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a lot for... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we drop it in at the end of the podcast, but we might get sued by her people. So <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you just go, go to YouTube and find that. Andy, what about you? What's yours? You, that one? Well, yeah, but I'm going to go a little differently. I think my favorite carol mm -hmm. is Oh Holy Night. Ooh, nice. And there are several of the verses that have just really kind of hit me pretty hard uh, over the years. And this year, I'm thinking of the 
verse that says, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And as I look back on 2020, it's been exhausting. (laughs) And we are indeed a weary world. But even though we're exhausted and weary and tired and ready to put 2020 behind us, the good news is there is a thrill, a spark of hope as we look ahead. So I'm going for Oh Holy Night. What about you? Yeah, I like that. Uh, mine's along a similar theme. I'll give you my real one in a minute, but a song that came out a couple of years ago that I love to play and laugh at because I'm a big text message guy. Kristen Bell, the actress, came up with a song called Text Me. Merry Christmas. And it's all about if you're in a long distance relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, instead of you can't be with the person you love, it's just text me Merry Christmas and we'll be, we'll be fine. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Now, is that a classic Christmas song written by Dickens or something like that? In that era? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it goes back more than about uh, what five, five years ago, 10 years ago or so, but it's, uh, it, it's catchy. It's jingly. So check that one out. Similar to you though, Andy, my, my real carol would be uh, Silent Night. It's a tradition our church uh, celebrates where we turn all the lights off and have one solitary candle. And that candle light gets passed from one to the other until the whole room is lit up by candlelight. Just thinking about the quietness of the night of Jesus's birth, where there was great hope and still is hope found. Uh, That is something that, yeah, I, I would love just a quiet peaceful winter night. When we have those nights, which aren't often in Central Florida, I think of the song Silent Night. I actually want to more depth to my Christmas selection, but the the hymn Once in Royal David City, which is not a very well-known hymn, but I actually, when I was 10, that was the first song I sang in a solo as a Christmas pad, like Christmas program at church at the age of 10. And then at the age of 31, I did my first piano recital to that song. Wow. Um, so you know what's coming next, Robin, don't you? You know what our next request of you is going to be. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, producer Robin. Sing and piano. <laughs> Live from the What's Up Castleberry podcast. I love it. <laughs> well, let's keep these moving. Favorite Christmas gift ever given. We're in the season and we're all talking about gifts given. Is there something that stands out where you're like, yeah, that was a great, thoughtful gift? I know for me, and this is a, a little weird, but we've never been particularly wealthy. And after our first child was born, we were ready for child number two, but we didn't have the insurance for it. I think there was some transition going on, something like that. And so for Christmas, my gift to Tracy was to buy her some additional insurance so we could have another child. And so it was really kind of weird, but my Christmas gift that year was a big brown envelope full of insurance papers. (laughs) And even though it doesn't sound particularly Christmassy, it was a very special moment and memory that we shared. 
That I like that practical. It's real life. Indeed, something that you you really needed. <laughs> that that actually reminds me, and I'll just go ahead and say, uh, share mine. The time is something that my wife values very much, and so I wrote up uh, last year, and I'm going to do it again this year. Don't worry, she. I don't think will listen to this before, but <laughs> I do. I give out a little uh, a little breakdown of some of, of kind of some little coupons that are redeemable for some some girls nights out or just time time away she loves me but you know anybody that's out there that's married knows that sometimes spouses prefer to to, to be alone or to be you know do do some other things so uh yeah, yeah drew don't don't tell us any more about the coupons we're, we're good <laughs> But the uh, but, but what made what made me think of it was there was there's a Facebook meme going around. It says my size is Saturday night babysitting, <laughs> implying don't buy me don't buy me clothes, uh, buy me or, or spend time with my child so that I can go and enjoy something for myself. So I think that'll be part of my gift this year is helping and blessing my wife by caring for our son so she can be away. All right. Then the listeners, you got to keep that quiet because we don't want to ruin the surprise. Right. Pecky <laughs> X surprise. Robin, what about you? I apparently over give gifts. So I just think there's a reason to give a gift every day. So I couldn't pick one. <laughs> you you are a gift. You're a gift to us, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. But if you, if, if you have a problem with over giving, uh-huh. let me make sure I text you my address <laughs> and you can uh, over, over gift us. <laughs> awesome. Well, Robin, why don't you uh, jump in first this time with the uh, favorite Christmas tradition, any traditions you had growing up or you still practice? Not really practice in the same way, but when I was younger, um, my dad was very involved in our church. Like he was an elder and he sang in the choir. So we went to like every Christmas Eve service the church had. And so this may sound bad saying in front of pastors, but when I got to service three, me and my sister would play Barbies under the pews in the balcony. <laughs> like several what? Years. It's funny you say that because Drew did too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so no, nowadays I do not play Barbies under the pew. <laughs> oh, Andy, what about you? Favorite any traditions you guys celebrate? Yeah, we 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 do. You know, growing up in England, some of our traditions were a little bit different. My dad always ate sausages and tomatoes on Christmas morning which was a family thing that my generation has broken, I think, much to his chagrin. Uh, We would always go to church on Sunday morning. Uh, Felt very strange when I moved to the U.S., and that's not a done thing. We love Christmas Eve service. Often, recently, we've been traveling on Christmas Day, going to see family or something like that. So that's kind of become a tradition for us to be in an empty airport on Christmas Day. But for me, the season's all about the traditions and the things that we do, the songs that we listen to, the people we connect with. I I, I love it. Can't get enough of it. What about you, traditions? Yeah. Uh, Well, growing up, uh, my, my dad had the big old school camcorder that, you know, took, <laughs> yeah. took over your whole shoulder. Uh, listeners <laughs> yeah. remember those. And, and I vividly remember my sister and I, when we get up before we were allowed to open gifts, we had to stand in front of the tree, you know, in our, in our PJs and he would tell, talk to the camera. So here we go. We're getting used to 
communicating via video in that case, audio now. Um, but we would have to say our name, uh, our age, what grade we were in and recite the ABC song. <laughs> and it became a joke that we would say the ABCs all the way until we were 18 years old. So I don't, I don't know a lot in this world, but I can confidently say the ABCs because so, I had to do them every year. So we should have a what's up Castleberry talent show. Robin's going to sing once in Royal David city and you can recite the alphabet. <laughs> there we go. I can do it very fast, very quickly. <laughs> all right. For our closing what would your guys, talent be? Yeah. Andy, what would your talent be? I don't know. I would, I would introduce you both. That would be my <laughs> guess to the, to the, to the, the MC talent of show. The show. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. Favorite uh, listeners. We want to hear from you maybe too on the, on the return of this question, any of these icebreakers, they're all fun, but uh, favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas movie. And I did put in parentheses. Yes. Die hard. If that, <laughs> if you so choose, I consider that to be a Christmas movie. Andy, you go first. I am going to go with Elf. Uh, you know, it just gets funnier every year. I don't know if it's, it's my sense of humor is diminishing, which my kids would certainly say it is, but I just, I just find that movie so funny. And every time I watch it, there are new things that just crack me up. So I, I'm a big Elf fan. I, I love it. I love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation <laughs> and then pretty much all those cheesy Hallmark movies. I could just watch them all day. No way. Are you a cheesy Hallmark I person? Am. I am. I just can't help it. Did you hear the, uh, the, the question the other day? What has 800 actors, two storylines, one plot? And Every the answer was like, yeah, 38 Hallmark movies or something like <laughs> that. Literally and Netflix yeah. now is in the business of making cheesy Hallmark movies. I tell you, there's a market there. I think it's very interesting, too. I think it says that people are looking for something with a happy ending because life's pretty hard right now and it often doesn't have a happy ending. And so when we kind of tune out and watch a movie, we want that happy ending that we're not getting in life. It's an interesting phenomenon that I should write about sometime. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Very good observation. For me, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase is hilarious. Love that. It's a classic tradition in our family to watch that every year. I would say though, one that's a little older, or I should say I watched for more years growing up uh, is Home Alone. I, I love Home Alone, the the gags of getting the, the robbers, the, the scene where uh, he orders the pizza and you see, you see the snow and the pizza man comes up and they play the, the, the movie really loud. And it sounds like gunfire, like all that stuff. Looking back now as an adult, I think, wow, I, I, totally thought that that was feasible and practical. I could pull those stunts <laughs> off realizing now there's no way. It provided you with a sense of security that uh, if your parents flew to, to Paris yeah. without you, uh, not only would you be able to impress burglars with the alphabet, but you'd be able to, to fight them <laughs> off with your tricks. Exactly. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Andy, let's, uh, let's spend a couple minutes just talking about some things both locally as well as just staying within kind of the theme of, of Christmas. What have you noticed this year as we are coming up on, on the Christmas day, but this Christmas season, 
Uh, how have folks, if at all, changed their actions, attitudes, interactions uh, due, due to the pandemic? And what have you seen in regards to Castleberry regarding kind of trying to keep the Christmas spirit alive despite living in the days of a pandemic? Well, community-wise, I, I appreciate all that our city has done. We talked about the Santa run. That was fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Lake Concord Park, but the city has uh, invested a lot of time in making that absolutely beautiful with a huge tree and beautiful lights in, in, in every bed. It's just just beautiful. And I so appreciate the city doing that because what I'm finding among and around some of the folks that I'm hanging out with is that Christmas seems even more important this year. We all know 2020 has been very, very hard. And I think we're all kind of happy that it's going to be behind us, but we want to end it well. And in a year that hasn't had much hope, we want to hold on to the hope that Christmas brings. And I think that manifests itself in two ways. One, I noticed that people were celebrating Christmas earlier. Did you notice that? Like, you know, lights were coming on, uh, you know, as soon as Halloween had finished. It was like we were skipping that. And I think that's because people want to experience the hope that Christmas brings earlier because we needed it. And the other thing I see is that people are celebrating this season in deeper ways this year. They're attaching more meaning and value to it, perhaps because of all that we've lost through this year. So that's one thing I've noticed. And my interpretation of that is that that's a good thing because we do need hope. We are looking for hope. And Christmas and the story of Christmas is one of those things that provides hope for us. What are you seeing in Castleberry? What are some of the the things that you're observing? And, and maybe as well, some of the traditions that you employ this time of year. So to kind of comment on that, how people are maybe interacting differently and, and definitely would agree completely celebrating more deeply the meaning of Christmas and celebrating more fully. Uh, lots more folks, at least in our neighborhoods that we live around, uh, lights are up as you said, early, but just even homes that maybe wouldn't necessarily do anything, there's at least a, a touch of, of some clear, oh, there's Christmas spirit there, uh, whether it be lights or a wreath or something else. Um, I, I've, I've noticed that people uh, are much uh, just incredibly generous. We've already touched this, touched on this at the top of our episode, but folks have reached out and really uh, maybe because they know that that folks around them in Castleberry and other places are furloughed, have lost their jobs, that their needs. I was have been privileged with delivering many, many gifts to citizens around our community from those in our community who have a little bit extra and have really felt compelled to want to give back uh, in light of just the difficulty of the year. So that's been really cool to, to see and celebrate. And then I would say, you know, one, maybe a little bit of a negative, but a reality is that there's, there's much less travel because of obviously the restrictions and people being nervous about going places. So I, I believe what we'll see on Christmas day and even, even right after, and, and it's happening in my family, we're going to 
actually set some new family traditions. We have a young son and uh, we're not comfortable traveling super far and seeing kind of more extended family that have been exposed to COVID and other things. And so I think resultantly, not just in our home, but in other places, people will be a little bit closer to home and we'll be celebrating a little bit in smaller settings, but hopefully uh, really sentimental and impactful ways this, this Christmas than maybe others in the past. Andy, obviously we're in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And as I just mentioned, the reality is that some will not be able to spend time with loved ones. Uh, others have, have lost loved ones. Maybe it's not due to COVID specifically, but there's even a, a sense of grief and loss with not being able to see family members that you normally would be able to see due to travel restrictions. What, what would you say in, in terms of encouraging our listeners who have lost a loved one, either permanently or at least lost the ability to be seen this Christmas season? How, how would you encourage them? That's a big question. And it kind of <laughs> sounds like it's looking for a simple answer. And I'm not sure there is a simple answer because loss is hard and grief is difficult. And there's not one answer that covers all of our grief. You know, all of us have lost people this year and we've lost some hopes and lost some dreams and we've lost some opportunities. And so I think I would want to hear a person's story and maybe that that's one thing that I would encourage, you know, if, if you have lost, um, find someone that you can share your story with and listen well and share well and be honest and be real about that. I, I think there's some hope that I would want to offer. I, I would want to remind people that even though there's a void, there are ways to fill that void that are healthy and enriching. I would encourage people to hold on to the precious memories as they look back. But I would encourage people to look forward with hope, encouraging them to honor the life of their loved one that they've lost and um, to kind of take that spirit and some of those attitudes forward. Uh, as a Christian, um, you know, I believe that there's great hope in our faith in God. And so the promise for me, for those who uh, have faith and share faith, is that even though it can feel very alone when we've lost someone, we're never alone because the presence and the power of the God that we put our faith in is with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. I I completely agree. And listeners, we just want to. This is this is not a PSA by any means, but we we do really uh, want to speak to that truth. That one of our primary goals in doing this is to to foster and, and create community. And so we want you to know, as you're listening to this, you are not alone. We obviously believe in in, in a God who is very real and vibrant in the world. But even if you don't believe that. We want you to know there are people in this community who care for you. And uh, would you reach out to, to one of us, uh, reach out to someone in your, your circle, whether it be a neighbor, a friend, and, uh, and just share, be vulnerable, be real about where you are, uh, what you miss, and uh, what you're holding out hope for in terms of the future. We're, we care about you very much and glad you're listening. So, Drew, we both put our pasta hats on there <laughs> a, a, a little bit, and that's a hat that we're honored to to wear. It allows us to uh, care in a different way. It allows us to to see some of the 
the deepest struggles, but also some of the highest joys as well throughout the year and in people's lives. But our perspective of Christmas uh, is perhaps a little bit different. I learned a long time ago that my role as a pastor at Christmas was to add value to people's celebrations and to to point them in the the right way. But Christmas does look a little different for pastors. What what does say Christmas Eve look like for you? What are, what are some of your Christmas Eve memories and experiences and things like that? It is very busy for the life of a, of a pastor. It, it involves a lot of uh, organization and time. I have only made the mistake once in the past few years of waiting until Christmas Eve to go shopping. Uh, that is not wise for folks in our, in our field. So normally the, the gifts are already purchased and wrapped, um, but it, it usually is a lot of, of serving other people, uh, whether it be in a worship service or uh, serving food or other things. Um, this past year was particularly interesting because we had, uh, I was a part of leading a couple of worship services at our church. And then my in-laws live not far away. So after following the service, went over to uh, spend time with them and, and my wife and some family members. And in the middle of that, uh, received a call from one of our congregants that uh, her mother had passed away. And this was a, a family I had, had spent time with and, and knew it was, it was imminent, but did not expect it to be Christmas Eve in the evening. And so ran over to their house, uh, spent some time, prayed, encouraged, talked to them, and then came back to my house about 10 or so that evening and found a, uh, a dead rat <laughs> in a mouse trap that we had set up outside in our back patio. So it was, uh, it was a long day. It was a very curious, interesting day. But uh, I will say for me, Christmas Eve looks like being able, as you said, adding value to people's celebrations and being able to serve, which I really love doing. What about you? Just to be vulnerable, I don't know if I've ever shared this publicly, but it's become a discipline of mine over the 20 plus years I've been pastoring that on Christmas Eve morning, I will call the family member or members of all the funerals that I've done throughout the year and just to let them know that I'm thinking of them, praying for them. Mm. And even though that is often the hardest two or three years, uh, two or three hours of the year, it, it does something profound within me because I get to speak hope and love and care into pain. So that's one of my Christmas Eve traditions that I will call a family member of all the funerals I've done and just let them know I'm thinking of them and praying for them, which I, I, I am. Uh, if I can, just a little plug. Um, our church, I know yours is as well, is having a Christmas Eve service. And we're meeting at Lake Concord Park, surrounded by the lights in front of the Christmas tree at five o'clock. And that's become a real staple for myself, my family, my church family, and lots of community members as well, just to come out and celebrate. I want you to know that we got a room for you, for you listener yeah. if you'd like to join us as well bring a beach chair bring a rug to sit on the grass and we celebrate together and really have a very special time in a safe socially distanced outdoor setting please do that please go to lake concord on uh, christmas eve at five uh, you can also join us at willow creek at three or five and we'll also have the, those services live streamed on our willow creek facebook page andy uh, tell us about how faith and christmas go hand in hand. 
Drew, I was talking to my mother on the phone last week, and I've got two young nieces in England, and they were having a pageant at their school, and they invited the local pastor or priest uh, in to say a few words, and obviously the school was getting a little bit nervous about having a preacher share, and so they prefaced it by saying, we've bought a Christian pastor in to provide a Christian understanding of Christmas. <laughs> and I thought to myself, is there an understanding of Christmas that's not Christian? <laughs> right? Now, I, I acknowledge that people celebrate other things, and I love that. I celebrate that. I honor that. But Christmas by definition, is Christian, mm -hmm. where we celebrate the birth of Christ, that God sent his son Jesus all the way from heaven to live among us, born as one of us in flesh and blood, to show us a way that we can get to know the God that loves us very much. And so I love the presence of Christmas. I love the traditions of Christmas, the lights of Christmas, all the stuff. I'm a big Christmas fan. But most of all, I love Christmas because it celebrates the coming of one who changed the world and gives each one of us through his life, the opportunity to know the God who loves us so desperately and so passionately. Uh, how does faith and Christmas go hand in hand? Mm -hmm. You can't separate them. So, friend, as you're celebrating Christmas this season, remember that you're also celebrating the gift of God given to us in his son, Jesus. Perfect. Thank you, Andy. And with that, I think that goes right beautifully into our closing inspirational quotes, uh, talking about the significance of Christmas. It's more than the gifts, more than the elf on the shelf, more than the, than the, the foods and the lights, although those things are all wonderful add-ons. Here's the quote for today. This is from Dr. Seuss. And let's which, just note that yeah, Dr. Seuss from... isn't yet. Uh, he's not a uh, <laughs> theologian. We've just gone from Jesus to Dr. Seuss. Let's, ac <laughs> let's acknowledge that for what it is. <laughs> yes, that's how my brain works and operates in yours too. But listen to the quote, listener. It's, he says, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means just a little bit more. Uh, indeed, it, that is what we hold to, that Christmas uh, is not about what you get. Christmas is not even necessarily about the, the physical, tangible gifts that you give, although those are important and worth celebrating. Ultimately, Christmas, as the word and name implies, means that we have been given the gift of God himself coming into the world, taking on flesh. It does indeed mean a bit more. Thank you, listener, for listening to our Christmas episode. We really hope you've enjoyed this time with Andy and producer Robin and I. We'll be back next week with uh, another special guest. But we hope hoped you've enjoyed this conversation about our community. This podcast has been produced, as we've said, by Robin Kepi. For more information about who we are and what we're about, 
out, please check out our website, whatsupcastleberry.com, our Facebook page, Instagram, or podcast feed, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. Everybody here at the podcast, myself, Drew, and producer Robin, we wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and we pray you have a very special time with those that you love and those that love you. 